welcome to the One Innovation Group. Today I have uh, a really passionate coach. His name is Robert Ladutro. He's a passionate and mindset life, life coach and a business consultant. He specializes in helping individuals overcome their mental blocks and limiting beliefs to achieve their dreams and build a highly successful business. Robert, thank you so much and welcome to this podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here, seriously, yeah. That's awesome. So as you know, our topic today is going to revolve around money and financial abundance. And this is a topic that has been, um, you know, floating in so many people's mind right now, especially what's, ha what's happening in the world. So much uncertainty, people losing their jobs or maybe unable to maintain a same level of steady income. So yes. one of the questions that comes to one's mind is how Sorry. can we how can we get rid of this worry and anxiety and do the best and actually also be our best? First of all, accept that you're going to have that little bit of anxiety about finances. It's easier to get over it. Then you can move forward. And then it's about saying to yourself, okay, um, look, what do I have to do to alleviate this? What do I have to do to take that pressure away? You know, and I'm, I'm very, very passionate about this area. It's, um, you know, I want to put it out there now. I'm not a financial advisor. You know, I've, I'm, I'm not anything to do with finance. So that's not my area of expertise. It's just something over the last 20 years that has become very, very, how can I put it? It's, um, it's very poignant. It's very, you know, it's something that really speaks to me that so many people, and this is worldwide, by the way, Mary, you know, this is like worldwide that so many people are in a bad way. And, you know, I looked at a few stats in a, a few different countries in the UK here alone. It's very similar to others, but, you know, it was um, something like 70 odd percent of the population have got less than a thousand pounds in the bank you know, um, which I'm sure would be not too far away in America as well or Europe. So, you know, I found that really shocking and I thought, wow. And then I look back on, you know, my early days in my life and there was a lot of times I was in the same boat, even when I was earning a, a significant amount of money, you know, you still didn't have that, that block of savings to, to get you through some tough times. And, um, you know, with the advent of the situation we're in now, um, with the pandemic that's out there now, and there's a, most of the world's on lockdown, um, there's a lot of people struggling financially, and um, obviously that's going to give them a level of anxiety and, and stress, as you're talking about. And listen, there's a few things. First of all, I think people need to be healthy. I think they need to um, make sure they're getting adequate exercise and, and such like to help with any form of stress and you know I'm a mindset coach predominantly so I am fascinated by human behavior I I love the human brain and how it works and I'm fascinated with the search of finding how to make the brain work better for us rather than against us as it does quite often and uh, when we're talking about anxiety when we're talking about money you know the brain has a very good way of protecting us and blocking out the problem that is at hand and keeping us doing what we've always done. And that is why three quarters, well, I was going to say three quarters of the country I'm in, but three quarters of the world have not got adequate um, financial savings in place. And that's why one of the posts I think you saw that actually prompted this 
this whole us getting together on this podcast. Um, I was talking about this and, and uh, you know, that is why, you know, three quarters of the population are in that problem. And that is why I, I put that post up because, you know, I'm super passionate about this and I want to, you know, I wish they taught this in schools about how to look after your money properly, how to save properly. And I'm not talking about major investments. I'm not talking about, you know, people that can afford to buy 20,000 pounds of Facebook stock or Apple stock. You know, I'm talking about Mr. and Mrs. Joe Bloggs down the road who have got two kids. They've got to put food on the table. And, it, you know, everyone talks to me about, oh, don't, don't, all the big, all the big um, experts out there are always talking about investments. You know, you've got to invest your money. You've got to invest your money. And listen, don't get it wrong. I get it. It's correct. You do. I've got investments. I've got property and other things. But, you know, everyone's talking about gold at the moment. People are talking about cryptocurrencies. I get that. But as I said before, Mr. and Mrs. Joe blogs down the road they're not thinking about that they're thinking how do i feed the kids this week and how do i put food on the table do i pay the mortgage at the end of the month how do i pay the car payments you know the average stuff now they're the people i i'm passionate about educating and having them educate their kids as well how to save put savings in place why the importance of savings is and you know, just get that message out there because in the in a first world country like England or America or U most of Europe, we shouldn't be in a situation where three quarters of the population can't put their hands on less any uh, around about a thousand pounds over and above their salary and you know direct debits that are coming out. Um, it's true. I totally agree what you were saying, you know, in a first world country and you're seeing so many people going through this financial, um, you know, hardship and you wonder where did we go wrong? Um, so as you mentioned, you know, and you work a lot with people who have like um, limiting beliefs um, and sometimes uh, we are we're, so, we're unaware of what are we capable of as individuals. And we, we go through life sort of like self-doubting ourselves. And what would you recommend um, sort of like tools uh, or ways of even thinking to overcome um, a personal own limiting belief around money? What would you recommend for them? Yeah. You, you know, there's lots of not just you can't put limiting beliefs or money mindset blocks as one heading because what you find is you'll have people with money mindset blocks but in a different kind of way or to do with an amount so what i mean is there's loads of subsections of this the genre as such um and what i mean by that is like some people have got money mindset blocks to how much they believe they could ever save and all these mindset blocks, whether it's money, whether it's about yourself, whether it's about your job, your capabilities, your sporting prowess, whatever it is, it's all the same. Most of your um, negative or limiting self-belief is all built up from all the input that you put in from zero to seven years of age about, okay? So most of who we are and what we've become is already cast in stone by the time you're seven, eight, nine, ten years of age. And that's quite scary. Um, mm. So a lot to do with 
what you're seeing. If in if if when you was growing up, your I don't know your parents were always you know those throwaway comments. You know, hey, turn the lights off. Money doesn't grow on trees. You know. You know, all these little things. And these are all things that are conditioning us as we grow up. And we don't realize just how powerfully they do condition us. And um, you take on board all these things. Now, my in my household, um, <clears throat> interestingly, um, I've never really talked about this on a podcast before, so you've got to be a bit exclusive there. <laughs> but in, in my household growing up, my mum was very, hey, let's have, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. And my dad was the grafter. He worked hard. He seven days a week guy. He gave me a really good conditioning of what hard work looks like. However, what he used to say all the time was um, the Latibodiers, that's us, the family, the Latibodiers, we live long, but we've never had any money in the history of our family. And he used to just say it all the time as just a throwaway comment. <clears throat> you know, when things were a bit tough, he'd always say, well, you know, we're going to live long at least. And that was his little mantra. That was his yeah. thing. And I remember that meant nothing to me until really when I started coaching and really studying human behavior and the mind and how the brain works and everything. And then it made me, when I started to learn and, and practice and I went back into my own childhood and looked at certain patterns I noticed that and I thought, wow, I remember that all the time. Yeah. And me and my brother were very much a product of that. We would always say, and when we'd ring each other, um, we'd always say, how are you doing? He'd go, yeah, a bit skin at the moment, but all right. And I'd go, yeah, yeah, me too. Um, it just became chat, you know, idle chat. It mm. means nothing. And you know, we're not alone with this. And I think there's a lot of people in the world that are the same. Now that was born out of what my parents or my dad more to discuss to speak and um, bless him. Um, it, he didn't even know what he was doing. He was just talking and he just believed it. He, his dad had never had any money. His dad had never had any money. Nobody in the family had ever had. And when we say had any money, we mean earned significant money, 200 plus thousand a year or, you know, had any real money. They were always struggling living hand to mouth, you know, just normal salaries. Um, but he was inadvertently conditioning us. And this is what happens. It can start very young. Then we hit school and nobody's taught, you know, I don't know about America. I've never been to school there, but I kind of get what the curriculum is like. I know what Europe's like. I know England, UK, you know, nobody's teaching people about credit cards at school. No. Nobody teaches us what APR is. Nobody even knows you could stop in the street, right? Try this out and see if I'm right. And all your listeners, you could stop 10 people in the street and ask them to tell you the definition of APR. And <laughs> I bet you only one in 10. And even that's a long shot. Sure, you're right. You're right. Well, I've done it with people who work in banks. Wow. And they don't know. They give me some convoluted answer because actually it's quite a long answer is, is the proper definition of APR. Now we don't understand it, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm on about kids at school. Maybe they should just be educated to the perils of credit cards, how they work, 
that's compound interest, how it grows very quickly and, you know, being able to just get, you know, when you turn 18 and suddenly you've got great credit and you've got this card and you go, whoa, I can buy things with this. It's yeah. free money, <laughs> free money, you know, they get like, you, right? yeah, but you know, that little interest every month grows very, very quickly as we all yeah. know. But we're not taught these things. We're not taught at schools about savings and putting a bit aside. And how much do you put aside? When do you put it aside? Mm. What do you put aside? You know, when do you take it out? When do you, what do you do with it? How do you make it grow? How do you have different accounts? So these are all things that I, and again, I, I've got to put a caveat on this before you get people writing in going, he's got no financial qualifications. <laughs> um, I'm not a financial advisor. It's just, you know, I'm 51 years of old age now, you know, um, I've, I've been around the block a little bit. I've learned a few things and all I've done over time is I've just sort of invented my own kind of savings plan that I work with a lot of my clients. Um, even when they, cause they don't come to me for money issues. Um, but it's, it usually rears its head while we're working together. And, um, so I've invented this kind of, um, savings plan mini program thing with a bit of psychology behind it and just it's really revolutionized a lot of the clients lives just having a basic very simple very obvious um, plan in place and uh, then from there we can extrapolate and, and make it bigger and then when they start to accumulate money then you can look at investments like gold or stock shares and and uh, things like that no, that's a beautiful advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, at least you have a formula you can pass on to your clients. That's a magic yeah. thing, you know. Yeah. Some people, yeah. it's a hit and miss, you know. Well, yeah, you know, most people, the, the reason savings don't work is because no one's looking at the psychological side of it, okay? Yeah. So what I mean by that is most people... Um, and again, I'm generalizing here, so I don't want anyone listening to this screaming at your radio or whatever you're listening to and going, I don't do that. In general, a lot of people, what they do, they, they get their salary, um, they spend their money, however they spend their money, petrol, food, blah, blah, blah. And then they say to themselves, I'm going to stick a little bit in my savings. And then they do that. And that's meant to work but that doesn't work worldwide. It's not working, right? And it's not working because, right, let me give you a little analogy. Say, um, whatever I make, let's say I make, it doesn't matter, say a thousand pounds, right? Or a thousand dollars. And then at the end of the month, I, I'm supposed to save, let's say a hundred dollars. And I put a hundred dollars to one side, great. Next month I do the same, now I've got 200. Next month, I do the same. Now I've got 300. Next month, I do the same. Now I've got 400, right? Brilliant system. Great. I've got $400 in saving. If I carry on like that, everything's going to be great, okay? Now, what happens, though, is somewhere along that line, something comes along, something shiny, you know, not my glasses I've got in my hand for those who are listening on audio, but something, something comes along. You see something in the shops. You see a jumper you like, you see some trainers you want, sneakers, you see that bag, that car, that thing, that holiday, whatever it may be, kids stuff, you know, some presents that you buy them when it's not their birthday and it's not Christmas or anything like that. But something comes along 
And I call it that shiny thing, you know, when I'm speaking with clients and it comes along and now you've got $400 in the bank and you go, Oh, I can afford that. Or your friend pops up on Facebook or something and says, Hey, why don't we do a weekend break at so-and-so it's only $350 return, you know? So you go, Hmm, I've got that in the bank. So you spend it. So now you're back to zero. Mm. And that's what happens with savings. And that's why millions of people have got savings accounts. They might have a long-term ISA or that's in England. I don't know what they're called in America, but they might have a long-term tax-free savings account or something. But m- the amount of people I've spoken to who've got savings accounts with like, you know, $23 in or $7 or $3. And it's been there for months and months and months because they don't even use it at all, you know? And this is what I'm saying. So all I did was just reverse it a little bit and invented this system whereby, um, a little bit more to it, but fundamentally whereby you have separate accounts for different things. So first of all, you get them to identify what are these areas that are important to me. So it may be your car insurance. So these are short-term things because things like buying your shopping and food, you you just use that as normal. But things that are medium-term, not long-term, medium-term, you know, like your car insurance is usually yearly or um, things like that, tax, things like that, holidays, Christmas, birthdays. So I get people to break them down and have maybe seven or eight or nine of their really important areas to them in their lives, their personal lives. And, um, you know, some of them have kids, some of them don't, it's different things. And then um, now some accounts, I don't know again what it's like over there, but some accounts, you can name the account. So I get them to name them. If they can't name them, they just take a, a note of the account number. And then you have that account number is just for that particular thing or item so if it's a holiday account you have your holiday account and that's it and then what you do you you might have another account a holiday account a car account tax account kids birthday account christmas account etc um at the moment i've got about 14 right and it freaks everybody out And the reason they all freak out is because it's out of the norm. That makes sense. Anything that's not normal is freaky, right? So if it's out of the norm, everyone goes, oh, that's ridiculous. It's too much to keep up to. It's uh, it's just preposterous. Because we've been conditioned that the way you do it is you have one current account, one checking account. You might have the odd savings account with it. And that's really about it. Yeah. So anything outside of that, we can't get our heads around. So we keep on doing what we've always done. But what we've always done isn't working. So I thought, okay, how does this work? Right. So we've got these different accounts, but what we don't want to do is do what we've always done. So you put, you get paid and what you do, and Robert Kiyosaki of the book that I posted, who wrote, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and in the book, um, Richest Man in Babylon, um, which I've covered on my pages a few times. Um, they always say, and most um, financial experts all agree, that you should pay yourself first. 
Mm. Right now, people on low incomes always say, and this is where the psychology comes into it. And this is where my, my expertise comes in. They always say, but I don't earn enough to do that. Yeah. And I go, but you do. And they always say, no, but I don't. At the end of the month, I'm literally in the red. I'm, 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 I'm $20 under or $100 under. And I go, no, you do. Because ultimately, when you think about it, if somebody on a standard salary, you know, who's struggling a little bit and their money's a bit messed up, if they was walking down the street and they dropped $10 or £10 and they got home and they realised and it was like, oh, I've, I've lost it. Oh, damn. Will they lose the roof over their head? No. No. Will they not eat that day? No. No. So their life probably won't change, will it? So what I'm saying is most people can usually save a tenner, you know, as we yeah. call it in England, $10, right? Or $20. Or yeah. You know, they can usually save a nominal amount, a small amount to begin with. Now, this is where the psychology gets into it. And I'm trying to explain this and there's a lot more to it. So I'm trying to keep it. Sure, so no, thank can, you for that. Yes. Yeah, so people can follow it when they're listening to it with audio because that could yeah. be easy. But ultimately, you've got these different accounts. Hmm. And what you do when you get paid, so we'll use $1,000 again because it's a small number. It's easy number, round number to, to work with. So you get $1,000 and then you pay yourself first. So straight away, you you have your holiday account, your Christmas account, your birthday, and you put in there. Hmm. And it might be $1. If you can only afford $1, you put $1 in. But you have to put $1 in. Now, what stops people doing this is they think, but that's just ridiculous. It's not enough. It's hmm. not enough. It'll, take me, it'll take me three years to get just anything. No. Forget about that. Just put the dollar in. And then... Um, if you've got debts like credit cards, whatever, you have a credit card account or whatever, and you put that in there as well, and you pay towards that. But what you do is you pay yourself with the rest, pay yourself first. So you put the holiday account, the kids account, the birthday, the Christmas. You know, if you put $10 a month into your Christmas account, you've $120 at Christmas. Now, for somebody who's, let's say it's just a man and a woman living together, a young couple, in their late 20s or early 30s, $120 is not a bad Christmas present. Not bad at all. It's not bad. It's all right, you know? Yeah. You know? Um, but every year, what do you see? Everybody running around at Christmas going, oh my God, and it's Christmas, it's November, oh my God. Because they've all, now they're thinking, I've got to buy my presents out of that same salary, that yeah. one month salary. But out of that salary, you've still got to buy all this stuff that you'd have to buy anyway in that month. And that's the pressure everyone's under. But if they just put $10 aside every month, they'd have $120 now and they'd be like, okay, Not this bad. isn't too bad Christmas. Now we can have some fun this year mm. because we could still have the Christmas money that you take anyway out of your salary. But now you've got $120 on top. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? For no pain, $10 a month. It's yeah. a, it's a, Frapper, chapper, whapper, chino, whatever. <laughs> it doesn't rock the boat. It doesn't rock the boat. Yeah. So what I'm saying is you start putting this money in the account. You pay yourself first. However, now this is where the psychology comes in. Yeah. What you're doing is it's not about the, the amount. It's about the habit. Yeah. You've got to keep doing it. What everybody says to themselves with saying savings is, oh, 
well, I can't afford it right now, but what I'll do is I'll start saving when I earn a bit more. That's the normal thinking. Yeah, it's like now let me just take a break, accumulate yes. a little bit, and then I'll start saving. Yes. Yes. I'll wait till I've got more. And it never happens. Hmm. Because again, the psychology works against you, yeah. right? So what happens is you're on 25,000, you get a promotion, you're now on 30,000. Yeah. And what you don't realize is the jump from 25 to 30 is nothing. Yeah. 5,000 spread over a year, divided down by 12 months, divided down by four weeks of those months. And before you know it, all it really means is that you might be able to buy a bit of a better bottle of wine, you can go out for a meal, maybe an extra time a month. You can maybe spend a little bit more on the car. And really, that's all $5,000 gives you. That's about it. But in your head, all of a sudden, you start spending more because you've had the pay rise. So now, you've got no more money again. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> It's crazy. It's like you worked hard for nothing. <laughs> yeah. So you've got there, but actually your quality of life isn't really that it's much that better. Much. Not that much better. And you think, wow. hold on a minute, what's going on? And then you'll tell yourself, I still can't afford to save. Yeah. What and an eye what... opener. Yes. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, I know people earning 60,000 a year and they say I can't afford to save mm. because they buy things that they don't even need, they don't even like half the time, and they're trying to impress people because it's all ego-based, and yeah. it's to impress people they don't like anyway, and people who don't really like them, yeah. you know, and, and people have to get real, yeah. you know, but I don't get frustrated with people because we're all doing it. Yeah. So yeah. it's not us that's wrong, because if we're all doing it, then it's not yeah. us. If, 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 the, if the dynamicism was the other way, if 10% of the population um, didn't save, but 90% all had loads of savings. Then we could look at those 10% and go, come on, <laughs> come on, guys, get your act together. <laughs> Do you know what I mean, right? Yes, yes, but it yes. Doesn't. But, so hmm. because it's the other way around, I don't blame us. I blame from school yeah. on We're the not system. trained. Yes, yeah. we're not trained, exactly. Yeah, no, you, you really um, gave a lot of wisdom and a lot of guidance, especially to break that habit, because it's always hard to even take the first step. You mentioned something so beautiful, even if it's a dollar, you know, look at it, or $10, look at it at the end of the year. That is a significant amount of money that you could have just spent unconsciously, not knowing where it's going, right? You know, uh, I really feel you ha there's so much you can really uh, educate people and learn about your um, sort of like methods in teaching people about passion and purpose. And these two are sort of like integrated in, in, in our psychology. Sometimes we feel like this is not my purpose, you know, but I'm passionate about a certain thing. But in the world we live in right now, especially with the uncertainty that's going on, what, what word of advice would you give people who, who sort of know their passion or at least in the, in, the, in the path of finding their passion, but they're reluctant to take that step and they're reluctant to be brave enough to say, oh, I cannot generate enough money or this won't be good. Who's going to buy this? Who's going to hire me for this? So what word of advice would you give people to 
capture this passion they have and use it to work for them and, and to live their purpose and hopefully maybe generate money to help them in, 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 in the time, difficult times we're going through right now. Um, what I would say, and I love this, and it's a great question, by the way, um, all of it stems from fear. It's that simple. All of it. People come up with loads of weird and wonderful reasons as why they're not doing their thing or their passion or their, the thing they love, but it's all fear. It's all some subsection off of fear at the end of the day. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a great saying that I love and it, it goes, um, just forgotten it. You know, fear loves, fear, fear hates practice, you know, or something along the line, mm. something like that. Um, preparation and practice gets rid of fear it's that simple you know and you know i do some public speaking i do things like this podcast i i, I was never a natural public speaker i was never great you know but i've always liked to talk or whatever and i've had ideas about what i've wanted to say but i've never been a proper public speaker and i've never had the proper education i didn't get a degree you know, and in my story, my backstory, a lot of people who have looked at my videos or followed me for a, a few years will see that one of the things I was talking about in my backstory is that I had massive limiting beliefs and mindset blocks about becoming a coach for nearly 15, 20 years when I worked in corporate um, because I didn't have the formal education I didn't have a degree and I thought oh who's going to listen to me I'm just this little guy from UK you know who, who's got no degree why would anyone come to me for coaching or and I had these limiting beliefs and I had them for best part of 18 years wow. you know and I never acted on it I never started coaching and prior to that uh, probably about 20 years 25 years ago from now um, I was given a cassette tape and it was Tony Robbins. And uh, that's, how, that's how long ago it was. It was on cassette. <laughs> and uh, I put it in my car and I'll never forget, I sat there for literally an hour and 45 minutes till that tape was done and listened to it all and it blew my mind. And I was like, oh my God, what is this? Because in those days, we didn't even know what coaching was. Yeah. There were no coaches, none of that. Um, it was just starting out really. And uh, as we all know now, Tony Robbins was one of the first to really make it mainstream. And he blew my mind. And I remember just sat in the car going, that's, that's it. That's what I want to do because that's my passion. Because before that, even though I'd worked in corporate, in different sales organizations and done quite well and been quite successful, the real joy I got was training and developing the staff was working with the teams and watching these young people grow and develop and and become better versions of themselves mm -hmm. and i always wanted to do work with people like that and i thought what is it and i didn't even know it was coaching then i just i just enjoyed working with them yeah. but i always wanted to do this thing but i just thought well i can't do it as a living because who am i i'm just me right and then <clears throat> I met a coach like 15 years later at a seminar and um, 
he blew my mind and we got working together and I invested in myself and he changed everything for me, taught me how to overcome those limiting beliefs, those mindset blocks, how to get what the brain was doing to me, how it works against us, but how we can make it work for us, all this stuff. And I loved it and uh, loved human behavior and why we do what we do and started to get really fascinated with just believing that you have the knowledge in your head where you can help people go from wherever they currently are in life to where they want to be and just do it. Just that's your passion. So my passion became my purpose. And that's where I talked about passion and purpose. Um, it, just get a bit of guidance, maybe get a mentor, maybe get a coach, you know, but get some help, study, read, whatever it is you want to do, whatever it is you want to achieve, just step one small tiny step, like saving, like putting the $1 in oh, the account. Yeah. It's the same thing. Just do small tiny steps towards it. Make a phone call, book that appointment. Do just do something, you know? Um, and then you'll find the brain, there's a part in the brain whose job it is to do this, but it's like a radar and the brain will actively seek as soon as you make a start. And it may just be Googling something, getting a downloading an application form or whatever. But as soon as you make a move to start, the brain goes into overdrive and starts to look for the people, the places, the things, the resources to help you achieve whatever it is you want to do. So yes, you're going to be scared. But what I say to my clients is start scared. Mm. But, but start. start. Yeah, but start. Yeah. No, this is, uh, this is great. Um, this is a very practical tip and that's exactly what we need right now is yeah. practical tip to just, you know, do it and trust your gut feeling and, and definitely living your purpose is, is a life well lived, you know? A lot of people might doubt and might tell you this is too much or too scared, but, you know, when you look at the other side of the coin, you feel it's, you're, you're just, you better just jump in that water and, and yeah. Yeah. And it's so fulfilling as well, living a life of purpose and, yeah. you know, following your passions. So if there is something that you're passionate about that could be monetized and, you know, earn a living from you, I would say to anyone, just go for it. Life's mm. too short. Mm. Just do it. They've been let go from their companies. They've got mortgages and they've got nothing coming in, but their mortgage company isn't stopping. Yeah. The key no, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the scary, scary part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're saying they've got no savings. They're saying we have literally not got, we've got $100 to, to buy food this week and then we've got nothing because they got paid weekly and they were just used to work living hand to mouth. Yeah, this is, uh, this is very scary, yeah. And this is why I'm talking. I'm so passionate about this. Yeah. This, is, this is outside of my coaching business. Yeah. I want to I campaign for this, you know, world, definitely in my country, but worldwide, I want to campaign yeah. We should be educated as smart as we are as a human race. You know, we've sent people to, to space. We, we're building, you know, Virgin are building things where we can fly into space and out again now. You know, they're saying that we'll be able to go from, you know, one end of the world to the other in stupid amount of time. Mm. And we're still fundamentally can't you you could work the analogy i gave earlier i actually don't think i finished that but the analogy i gave about you know if you earn say 20 25000 a year <laughs> for 20 years you get to 50 and you haven't got a thousand dollars in savings and it's like what have you earned if you earn 25000 a year for 25 years 
I'm not even doing the maths, by the way, because I'm not good at mental arithmetic. But that's whatever it is. Well, yeah. 500,000, half a million dollars, whatever it is, right? And so you've earned, let's say, let's say it's half a million, right? You've earned half a million dollars and you haven't got a thousand. And it doesn't even, it's not even like you can say, yeah, but I've got this massive house. I've got this holiday home in. No. You haven't got anything. 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 And, and it's like, I just, I'm absolutely so passionate about this. And I think that it, it's something we all need to look at because the reason we haven't got anything is because we're buying a load of rubbish like big TVs and clothes and stuff like that to impress people who we don't like. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't really like us. Neighbours, friends. Oh, look, we've got this new thing. Oh, that's fantastic. But your skin. And now there's a national, worldwide, never mind national, a worldwide well, emergency going on. Yeah. It's everybody's going, oh, oh <laughs> we're on lockdown. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're on lockdown for two months yeah. and it's ruining, ruining. Really you know, um, I can't thank you enough for truly living your, your purpose. <laughs> because you're making an impact and you're Thank reaching you. out to people who definitely want to want to step out of this you know cycle of resistance and mental blocks and not knowing what to do so big thank you for living your purpose and impacting no all these people but also i want to thank you for your time and your generous time for being here and for all the wisdom and the advice that you have given um, I really wish, um, you know, we do meet at a better time when this is all over. Hey, hopefully. Yes. Anything can happen that we want to happen. Exactly, exactly. And then we will be celebrating our financial abundance <laughs> with everyone who's also listening to us. Yes, Thank you, definitely. Robert. Thank you for your Thank time. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.